Hey there, guys. I'm Brianna Hodges. I'm Lainey Rell. And we are, um, we're going to bring to you kind of a little project that we've been talking about. We're calling it Lemonade Learning. And um, let's just face it, these days, as we've had a lot of lemons handed to us, and um, as educators and as mamas and just as people, we're really kind of trying to take these lemons and make a lot of lemonade. So um, we decided that we would just kind of bring our thoughts, our raw emotions and struggles and celebrations to you guys and see how that kind of works. And we like to have lemonade together. So I asked Lainey for her advice about how to be an educator um, and a mom and deal with all of this. And she was super, super generous to reach back out. So oh my, are you kidding me? It was like, I can tell you exactly where I was standing in my dining room when I got that message from you. And I was like, Oh my gosh, first of all, Bree is perfect. Like, what is she talking about asking me how I've got it figured out? And then my second thought was guilt that I had somehow in my social media, online presence conveyed that I have things figured out, that me kind of just like pushing stuff out there was, uh, was actually a coping mechanism, but that I had actually made it look like I knew what I was doing when it is totally chaos and me trying to figure it out and, and enjoying the wins when they happen. Um, and there's actually been some really cool wins, but, uh, overall it's been, it's been chaos. Like, let's be real. It's been total chaos and I'm just trying to figure it out. So when you reached out, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then, and then to get to do this where we kind of get to share really raw, like what's happening. Um, I think it's going to be really cool. I hope people want to listen and we want to learn from them and we'll engage with them through social media. I'm super excited. Without further ado, that's kind of the thing that we're going to do, right? Is just Yeah, because well, you nailed it because we're parents and educators and people are looking to us like we have all the answers. And let's be real. No one has the answers. You and I have a long history with online and blended learning with educational technology, but this is totally bizarre. This is not online. It's not blended. It's teaching and learning during COVID-19 and we are all figuring it out together. So we want to be really, really, and, and, and with that, I wanted to add a quick disclaimer that, you know, obviously free, we're just, we're doing this and this is our moment in time and who knows what tomorrow is going to look like. So we ask for, for grace and patience that if we say something that when you listen to it, it's not exactly what's going on in the world. And we're all kind of on different timelines anyways. Absolutely. No recipe. We're just winging it. We're going to see how it goes and hopefully learn um, some, some things that we might be able to, to apply in our own situations. So thank you guys for, for your grace and listening to us kind of give you this backstory. This won't be a, um, an every time um, ordeal, but uh, we wanted to kind of give you a little bit of insight, a behind the scenes, if you will, of where this came from and um, you know why we decided to call it this, why we're even trying to do this. Um, we both basically recognized that we're struggling through a lot of these situations and we're looking for some crumbs along the way, right? Of those, those people who have been there or those people who are trying to go there. Well, Bree, should we jump into this? My gardener just arrived, so this seems like perfect timing for us to do a recording, right? This is, this is COVID-19. This is cool. This is. This is, this is awesome. So one of the first things that we're going to chat about are our sours, because that's what you get. You get that punch of sour with lemonade. So I have two kids and, um, you know, I, I, I if you've heard me talk about um, best practices before, this is truly what I believe, which is that um, 
my, my oldest son is, is very one way and, um, you know, is, is super attentive. And whenever I raise my eyebrows at him, he immediately falls in line, right? Like he doesn't question, he doesn't push back on me. He is like, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. All of that. My daughter, who is three years younger than he is, who, um, I really, really desperately wanted, um, a little girl who looks like me and, and, and guess what? She's that. And she um, has my sass too. So if I put my, if I raise my eyebrows and I start to count, she um, puts her hands on her hips and says two, three, four, right? And so where I'm going with all of this is I have these kids that are so very different. And um, when I talk about it with best practices, it's because I used the same best practices with my first child that I used with my second child, but yet they don't work the same. Um, the sour that I'm dealing with that has really just got me like, totally sideways is my kids are so very different when it comes to their need for um, attention as far as doing their work, as well as their need for routine. And um, my son is a go with the flow kind of guy. He totally like he can handle spontaneity. He can handle, um, you know, things kind of coming in and going. My daughter, mm -mm, she loves routines. She wants it to be her routine though, she has strong opinions about what is acceptable within that routine. And she's been really challenged by the fact that she feels like she has more work than my son does. And so I cannot even talk about the level of meltdowns that we have been having. And as a teacher, Lord, it no. breaks my heart because I do not feel like I I mean, I, I, I feel really confident in a classroom. I feel really, really confident with the kids that um, other people have entrusted me with. I suck working with my own kids right now. I, well, I don't think you suck. Let's be clear. I'm going to go on record and say you're amazing, but there's a very different dynamic when it's your own kids. And, and, and my sour is kind of is similar to yours. I totally agree with everything you said. I have two different kids. I have a six-year-old boy. I have a nine-year-old girl. One is, one wakes up literally every day at between six and seven and does all of her work um, because she just, that's just who she is. She just loves, 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 loves school. And, um, and not to throw my son under the bus, but he is, he's really active and he is a, a very typical, like, boy, he wants to be outside and playing. And so sitting down and doing his work is not necessarily his, like, get up and go thing. So it's a struggle. And then I will add to that, that my, that my sour is kind of, I've worked from home for over a decade. Um, it's a challenge under normal circumstances, but right now when, just like you said, I feel like this, this child needs this kind of attention and this child needs this kind of attention. And then on top of that, to try and be balancing being the best, um, you know, employee that I can be best, uh, cause I'm a consultant helping my clients out it's challenging. It's really, really challenging. And so I'm trying very hard to deal with the, the sour is my guilt about it. And that's something I'm super struggling with. And it sounds like you've got some guilt too, even though we're doing our best, we're just trying so hard. We are, we're doing our, and again, to, you know, to go back to where this all started, like that's exactly why I reached out to you was this, you know, as a mom who works from home, typically who, um, works, with my kids every day, you know, when I'm not traveling, I am doing homework and we're doing, you know, I'm super involved with all of this. And, and as an educator, I'm very, 
involved in the classroom and looking at it, it's, it's hard for me because I was a secondary teacher. So, um, you know, the elementary world is a little bit different for me. And, um, you know, one of the other differences between my kids is that my son is a pretty self-sufficient learner. He, um, outside of the fact that he is that tween boy, right? So you got to kind of remind him to make sure that he's doing all the things that he's supposed to do. But other than that, he's, you know, he's, he's pretty solid with his stuff. And my daughter who loves school, absolutely adores it, is a huge people pleaser, also has a touch of the perfectionist um, in her. Like I said, she's my mini, but um, she, uh, she's a struggling reader. And that's really hard for, for this English major, English teacher of a secondary classroom to um, wrap my brain around how to really help her and um, and also help my clients and help my school districts that I'm working with and and not feel like I'm um, sliding anyone and it and it's so hard so hard it's really hard we want to support the teachers that we get to work with and I think you know one thing that whatever your role in education is I think one thing that we can all relate to is that we know how to be teachers in the classroom, but to be a teacher to your own kids is a very different thing because there is just a different dynamic. And so I think, I think we're all, for those of us at least with school age kids at home, we're all struggling. And I am a former elementary teacher. I've taught almost every elementary grade, including all the ones that my kids are in right now. So, so it's, it's, the challenge is real, no doubt about it. Well, let's I, I, about, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. I was going to say, and I, I do think, I mean, just one last little piece on this is I, I think that, that where, as that guilt comes in is that, do you, don't you feel like you just are having to be on in everything, right? Like you're having to be on top of your game for, for being a mama. You're having to be on top of your game for being a teacher. You're having to be on top of your game for, um, you know, for, for your consultancy work where you are an authority and you are an expert. And this is kind of the, like, this is kind of our dream time, um, minus the deaths and the pandemic situation, right? right? Like being in this situation where we can talk through what um, what technology can really do to support the needs of our learners is is a huge opportunity. And yet we're feeling like we can't be all the things because nobody can. Um, yeah. And I think there's a real challenge um, in that. I was listening to the Mark Brackett interview on Brene Brown's podcast, and she mentions that when she starts a meeting now, she asks everyone to give two words. Um, and she's noticing this real paradox where people are saying like a real positive, but also a real negative. So we're having kind of these, these two like very opposing um, emotions at the same time. And I think that's where you and I are definitely feeling it because we, we have this, our suite, the hope that, that good will come from this and that we will get to rethink what teaching and learning looks like so that we can meet the needs of all of our learners. And, but at the same time, there's so much tragedy and sadness and it's, it's overwhelming. And so I think you and I both feel like we have to keep it together because if we can't keep it together, it's, it's all gone. Like it's, it's everyone's falling apart. We're all in the corner in the fetal position, rocking and crying. Like it's bad. Like, so I think that I think this is what we hope happens out of here is that we can all, you know, kind of come together and share what are some common feelings and some common struggles and, and also share some of the things that are kind of wins. And so I think like, what if we just take like a minute to talk about the wins and the sweetness, like in our, in our lemonade, what's the sugar? 
So. Right. What's the sugar, which I, which I actually love that you just shared that because that was really truly where my suite went, like reaching out to you. Um, you know, one of the things that, that caught my eye really early on, um, that, that you shared was creating this kind of this routine, but not, um, it wasn't a schedule, right? It was more of like blocks of time that helped almost kind of serve as like time checklists, right? Where it was like, what are the things that, what are the things that we must do? And then are we scheduling time within our day to make sure that it happens so that we don't wake up? Like my kids are, um, they get their, their assignments on, on Friday and then they're not due until the following Sunday. So, you know, that's different for my kids. Like my kids, my, my second grader is not accustomed to having, you know, um, choice really, truly to, to choose when she's going to work through her things. And, um, and, and so, um, I'll be really honest, like our first two, three weeks of, um, going through this kind of whatever it is we're calling it, remote learning, home learning, distance learning, COVID <laughs> curriculum, kind of whatever this looks like. Yeah. Um, it almost was like vacation time, right? It was like wheels off. We wake up when we want to, we go to bed when we want to, we're eating Rice Krispie treats for breakfast where, you know, like it was just wheels off. And I felt myself completely shutting down um, because I was not being productive. Um, I reached out to you, saw the beautiful routines, um, I, just because I don't know a better word to use than that, that you were sharing. You and I talked, I also talked with great friend and mentor, Jessica Kabeen, and said, you know, how are you doing this? Like, you guys are freaking amazing. You're doing all these things. And the thing that stuck with me, that everybody kept telling me over and over again, where they were like, pick three things that you have to do, right? Like, those three things can be super simple. It can be like, shower, brush your teeth, put on deodorant. Like if you can accomplish that, then you can be okay. And it, it reminded me um, to, to give some parameter to our day that we needed to do that. So I got to sit down with my kids and have those conversations and remind them that this wasn't a, we have to get up at 6:53 in the morning and by 8:27 we will have these things to do like that's what it, that that wasn't there but we wanted to build in the time to make sure that they felt um heard and respected and also had the time for self-care that they both needed um and that really you know so 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 that that came from chats and those weren't chats that happened over text messages those were video chats that let me connect with um with other people and and see you know what they were doing and so that also spurred into the second part of my uh, of my suite which was um encouraging my kids to have chats because they weren't really getting that time with their friends either they were seeing mom they were seeing dad, they were seeing um, some of their teachers, but they weren't getting that that one-on-one -on -one time. Um, and so we instilled that as well. So checklists and chats became a huge, huge game changer for us. I agree. And you know, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that was actually, um, so someone else had posted a schedule with those time blocks and I saw that and I was like, 
that's amazing. And then I kind of, you know, we all make our own little adapt adaptations of it. So I took it and I started putting in the stuff that, that I know from my work as an educator. Like here's where we could go do something for social emotional learning. And here's, here's a resource for, oh, you can watch Peter Reynolds read a story. And like, and these were all like things that I was like, I just need to, this was like my coping is I just had to collect it all in one space so that when the wheels go off, I can just like go to something. But I'll be honest, we had spring break last week and we got out of those routines. I said, I'm going to give them a true spring break. And we're still working this week to get back into those routines. And it's been kind of like on my mind, like, okay, next week, by the way, the gardener's here, if I didn't mention that earlier, um, this is now the time where we need to get back into those routines. So, you know, and that kind of goes into my suite, which is my suite is that our routine is a little different in that we're not racing in the morning to get ready to get to school and things like that. So, so for me, my suite has been that, and I'm sorry to be sappy, but there's like, there's morning cuddles and there's morning check-ins, you know, in the hustle and bustle of a normal, like get ready and go to school. Um, I don't usually get to do a real good emotional check-in. Like, how are you feeling? And how can, what are some things we can do to help you with that? Or even just celebrate if they're feeling good or excited about something. It's, it's normally just, no, we don't have time for that. Like, I'm not going to ask you how you're feeling. I can't even deal with it if you're not feeling good. I got to get going. So I think for me, that's been a real sweet is that I, I have the opportunity to, to rethink time and to truly appreciate the time with my kids. And I, I don't want to lose that when we, whatever, and I do think this will be a gradual return to, to, you know, being physically closer to people. It's not going to happen overnight, but I don't want to lose that when we do get to maybe more regular schedules. So I'm hoping. I, I love that. And I, I would, I would love to also iterate for you that, um, don't think of that as sappy. Like, I think that is so, so, so important, you know, um, having those emotional, opportunities as a mom to, to sit down. You know, I, one of the, the things that I often think about is my morning routine. We live, live in the country. We have, um, longhorns and herfords and horses and chickens and, um, you know, and these two little children and, um, mornings are super hectic for me. Right. Because I, I say this all the time. Like if something doesn't get fed, something dies on my, uh, you know, like mornings are really, and it's a lot of pressure. Right. And so, um, our mornings start really early and I, I am not a huge morning person. Like I'll be the first to admit that. And so I do push the envelope of when I need to wake up. And so, um, what I started to realize was as I dissected my morning routine, like when I get super stressed in the morning, what turns around and happens? Like I start yelling at my kids and they get super stressed because I'm like, hurry, 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 we've got to go, 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 go. And um, you've heard me say that my daughter is just like me. When she gets stressed, then she shuts down. And I realized after a few weeks of that, that I was sending her to school already in this really stressful situation. And so um, I think for you to pause and have that, time to really calibrate that. Like this is more important than having that morning coffee or that more, you know, this is your commute, right? Like there's the memes that are going around about working from home, right? And it's like, do I sleep on my couch to cut back on my morning routine or my morning commute? Um, um, I think this is the replacement for checking your, your um, email at 7:45 in the morning. Now you're checking your kids' emotional, um, you know, 
litmus and see where they're feeling. So don't ever feel sappy about that. Like that's, you're teaching them the good stuff right there. Well, I think, I think you're right. We, we have a great opportunity to reprioritize. And so thinking about like, what is actually the essential part of your morning routine seems like a really good takeaway from all of this. So, and, I mean, who am I to say this? You're definitely the elementary um, expert on this, but I mean, isn't that like the morning meeting, right? Like we're, that's yeah. what our teachers do. They have the morning meeting. What are you celebrating today? <laughs> Like that's what you're doing. You're doing. Yeah. It from- this is something that elementary teachers we get to do. We get to start off the day by like setting the tone and, and, and focusing on building community and like the welcome. And that's, that's, that's really hard to do in a secondary environment, but that is something that we have the luxury of, of doing in elementary. So, but it's funny, even though I'm a teacher, model teacher, you can't take you out of the classroom. Like well, you, you, you weren't even thinking about it. But I, but how many, how many times have I rushed my kids to school without thinking about it, even though that is my mode when I'm, when I'm in the classroom, when I, when, and I still get to go in the classroom, which is such a treat. And I, I go right back to that. Yet when I'm at home with my kids rushing off to school in the, in the normal, uh, in our old normal, <laughs> um, I, I would forget it. I would, to- it did not translate. So I could be something really good at something in the classroom and totally fail at it at home. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that is very true. Oh, look. We have a visitor. We have a oh my gosh. It's Mini-Me. Hello. Very good. Very good. Wow. How funny we were just talking about you. Yeah. Okay, Brie, I know we're going to try and share some tips and as we go through all this. And I, I came across one on Twitter that totally made me think of you because I know you love a good sports metaphor. So I'm going to read it. Basically just the context. Someone on Twitter said, Hey, we need like a playbook for how to do COVID-19 as teachers. And I thought that was hilarious. Um, and, and then someone responded and I loved this person's response. And it was, uh, ensure kids are fed, make every effort to connect with them, to share your love and talk them through this and then try your best play from third and long. Realize long-term change and impact is the goal and punting is okay sometimes. And I love that the punting, and this is like a, a total struggle that I have been dealing with is, is like trying to keep that long view, but, but that, I don't know, for me, that punting okay is sometimes, that was kind of a release, like, okay, what do you think? I, I love that. I mean, you do, you know, I, I, the coach in me, the athletic coach in me, I just cannot, I can't resist a good, a good sports analogy. And so I am right there. Like one of the things that um, I, I do, I, I believe in plays. I believe in playbooks. Um, here's the thing that comes with that. The caveat that comes with that from a sports standpoint is um, what works in a play. Play is your ideal, perfect situation. It's like your ideal classroom, right? And then you come in there and something's gonna not work right like all of a sudden you go in you have scouted this team you know inside and out what's going to come into it you've got the best defense planned you come in there you call the play and suddenly there's a timeout and they've had like this six five move in from you know the district across the street that you had no idea was even on their team and it blows your ideas completely out of the water and so um um, I, I guess what, what it is really reminds me of is that the best laid plans, right? Like you can have one, 
it's not always going to work. And you have to go on your situation and you have to go off of your team and um, as well as the team that you're playing against. Right. And so I think it's really important to keep those things in mind. And um, um, I love that. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about with our checklist, right? Like keep it simple. Um, when you're, when you're the, the rules of any sports game, when you really boil them down are pretty minimal, right? And um, we complicate it because we try to figure it out and we try to add in all of these, um, these extras and these, these tips and, and, and tricks and um, trick plays and all these different things, but we really just need to get in there and play ball. I agree. And by the way, I want to make sure and give credit. That was Mark Estrada Jr. on Twitter who, who did, that, did that. I thought that was just it, like it was such a nice release. You know, I use the, the phrase grace and patience all the time lately. Um, and I have to remember to give myself grace and patience. So I think that was what was part of that resonating with me. It was like sometimes you're going to punt. And I, and I see this in my projects all the time too. I'm, I'm like having this really grandiose ideal of what I want this project to turn into for these educators and for their students. And, and sometimes we don't have enough to do that. We just don't, this is, this is a crisis and we're trying to work through it. So we're going to, we're going to punt on this one and it's going to be okay. You, you, you have told me this so many times. Um, and I think it, I think it's worth the reminder, right? Like these are not ideal times. It takes a lot a forethought, a lot of um, professional learning, a lot of practice, right? You don't go in to um, the national championships ha having never practiced before, like all of a sudden just immediately picking up, uh, picking up a ball for the first time, right? You, you have, have um, done run-throughs and scrimmages and all kinds of stuff leading up to that, and we didn't really have that. Um, even our most technology, a technologically savvy districts, um, we're not really prepared for the crisis that this really is. This is a traumatic crisis. We have kids that are, are, um, you know, continually evolving in their needs, um, because they've got illnesses that are being struck or they have parents that are, um, you know, in those essential worker roles and they're on their own trying to navigate these situations, all these different pieces that are coming through and this is not the perfect world. So we've got to give ourselves some time to think through that. Yeah. I think, um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. So let's, let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen, at least with this podcast. And, and, and if you were to ask me, I would say, I don't quite know yet. <laughs> like, I, I think this is a work in progress and I am just so excited to be able to learn from you and with you. And then also we want to try and engage people on social media so we can amplify the voices of all the amazing educators out there who are killing it, working through this very difficult situation. We want to really amplify their voices, share their tips like we did um, Mark's uh, advice. And so I don't know. What do you think? What, sh what should we tell people is next to come? I think absolutely. This is we know that we're better together, right? Like we keep hearing that everywhere. Um, we've heard it before in education, but especially now, um, we know that we've got to have these these uh, we, we've we've got to have the room around us and, um, and and really kind of build from it. As you alluded to earlier, we're all at different times and places in this journey, and um, let's let's learn uh, from each other. So. Um, that said, I think one of the things that I'm most hopeful for is that we're going to get um, some engagement off of this and people are going to share their favorite tips and tricks or what's working for them. Um, with that, share, you know, we're hoping you're going to share your sweets 
We're also hoping you're going to share your, your sour so that we can learn from each other. Um, needed you uh, to, to help um, help us get to where we were with checklists and chats. And I would not have gotten there if I hadn't shared my sour in order to, to get that sweet. So um, we've got, we put together some graphics um, that we're going to share out through social media. Um, they're really meant just to be kind of like placeholder templates and for people to add to those and, um, and and share their thoughts, right? So so share those tips and tricks and um, use the hashtag Lemonade Learning and let's kind of build this plane while we're flying it. I think that was, you know, when you when you and I first chatted, um, we didn't know where where this was going. We were just doing mom to mom. Right. Yeah. And then we were like, you know, then you mentioned like, well, what could we do? And you threw out a podcast and I was like, I've never done. It. Okay, let's try it. You know, and, and if there's, there's, if there's one of the, the sweets that I definitely think comes from this time, it's try it, right? Like we have the time you talked about, we've got the time now, try it and see. And, um, and also remember to be, to be graceful. Having grace and sharing grace is what makes us humane. And I think that that is so, so, so important. You know, we can't, we kind of titled this episode, um, messes, moms and mantras. And, um, and I think that, uh, you know, that with the subtitle of grace and flexibility, and that's exactly what this is, 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 is flexible grace, I guess. Yeah. So I, I think we're kind of advocating for you to give yourself permission to fail forward. And we're doing that right now in front of you. <laughs> so we're, we're very excited about this. We're going to share stuff that we learn from people, some things that we figure out along the way, and we want to share your successes. So reach out to us on social media. We're going to try and keep it brief and helpful. And we're super excited to start this journey with you. Thanks, yeah. friends. Thanks so much.